How's it going, everybody? It's your buddy, Jack. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope this podcast finds you uh, healthy, safe, sober, and uh, in a good, healthy frame of mind. Positivity is key, right? Positivity is key. We've been talking about um, different character defects, right? But not from the angle of the person who is struggling with addiction or mental health issues, right? We're talking about those people who are in the position to be supportive to those people, okay? Because, you know, you've heard me say that you don't have to be an alcoholic or an addict or or someone struggling um, with mental health issues to have character defects. It's just for people like that or like us, like me, it's brought to the forefront of our mind because you have people um, that are also in either AA meetings, uh, support group meetings of any kind, like Celebrate Recovery. You surround yourself by people who help point those things out as you go through what they call a 12-step program and you work in the 12 steps, right? Well, we've talked about those too. But people who don't get the opportunity or maybe aren't severe enough to feel the need to enter into any sort of treatment, sometimes these character defects of yours aren't pointed out. And if they are, uh, you typically don't listen, right? You wonder why people always have issue with you, but you don't ever take into consideration that it might be you, right? And so I'm, I'm talking about the people that are in a position to be supportive to those that are uh, in recovery, early recovery, um, or maybe working on that um, and trying to stop their addiction or get their mental health in order, right? Because uh, that can be tough. Sure, it is tough to try to be that supportive person, but if you're going to be that supportive person, just please don't be ugly about it and make sure it's a healthy support. That's the main thing. Make sure you're a healthy, supportive person, right? Uh, Before we get started, don't forget. Don't forget to hit that support button. Anything and everything that you feel led to contribute to this podcast is an absolute blessing, right? That's how I count it anyway. I count it all a blessing um, because it does help me keep up um, some of this equipment, you know, and that kind of thing. So it is greatly greatly appreciate and don't hesitate to hit that uh, message button i love to start conversations about the topics that we go over in this podcast uh, and i love to hear your take or your experience on um, whatever that topic was right because uh, my experience is my experience uh, it just comes f- from uh, uh, um, maybe a more rounded sort of scenario having been or working as an addictions counselor and a peer support specialist and having some of my own issues too, right? But all I can give you is what have I experienced is in those jobs or on a personal level, right? So I get to share that experience with you guys. I really love to hear what your experiences are uh, and give me a different take on it. Maybe there's something um, I didn't think about or didn't mention in a podcast, and I can add it to one that's related to it uh, later, like the one today. We're going to be talking about codependency, 
damage the codependency. And if I'd have thought about it, I probably would have saved this one for a conversation for my wife and I'd have because this is something that she'll share uh, in her testimony or her story when we're in a position to do so. Um, she'll share about her very unhealthy codependent traits, right? Early in our marriage, not so much now. She's gotten a lot better over the last 21 years, but um, it was an issue for her. It was a struggle for her, right? <clears throat> because codependency generally results in the individual working so hard to care for the addicted loved one, the mental health issue loved one, right? <clears throat> that the codependent individual's needs are neglected, which can also result in poor health, low self-esteem, depression. She did battle depression. Uh, sometimes we think she still does from uh, time to time, right? Because that sort of comes and goes, right? And other mental or physical uh, consequences can occur um, from the stress that comes from being a codependent type person, right? Codependency is usually rooted in childhood, not always, but usually. Often the child grows up in a home where their emotions are ignored or punished. I've heard of kids being brought up in a home where their emotions um, and their feelings, uh, they tend to get punished for, <coughs> which is really unhealthy. This emotional neglect can give the child low self-esteem and shame issues. They may believe their needs are not worth attending to. And you have to be careful with that because people can learn to have a complete disconnect as early as infancy. You take a baby who cries and cries and cries, gets needs met, right? That's a thing they learn. And they cry and cry and cry, get needs met, right? And then for their whole baby life, right? And through early toddler, until they can kind of fend for themselves, late toddler, preteen, right? They understand that if they cry and cry and cry, they get the needs met. Now, in the same scenario, if you get a baby that for a dozen times, it maybe it won't even take that long. I'm not sure. But if they cry and cry and cry, and no one ever tends to them, and they cry and cry and cry, and still no one tends to them, they begin to learn that it's not working. And they stop the crying. There begin the early disconnect from people. Right? Uh, and that could be a whole antisocial behavioral conversation that we'll have to have another time, but that's kind of the beginning, right? As described in an article from Psych Central, codependency defines a relationship in which one partner has extreme physical or emotional needs and the other partner spends most of their time responding to those needs. Often to be determined are often to the detriment of the codependent partner's life, right? You start to become as though you don't exist, right? This is often to the detriment of the codependent partner's life. 
their activities and other relationships take a back seat. Codependency can result in a difficult spiral in which the codependent partner cares for and enables the loved one's challenges, making it easier for the loved one to maintain the challenging and destructive behavior. That's where being codependent to an alcoholic, drug addict, or someone not addressing their mental health issues can be very dangerous. Can be very dangerous, right? In my office, of you know, anywhere I've worked, uh, especially as an addictions counselor, I have met family members who have gone and bought the drugs or alcohol for their addicted family member, right? Because they become so sick. In a lot of cases, um, a lot of uh, people who are like um, heroin addicts have tried to quit cold turkey and they get so sick. Those withdrawals, they won't kill you, but they sure make you feel like you want to die, right? The cold sweats, the body aches, the vomiting, you got the runs. It's just a horrible mess. And they beg and plead, even though they may be five minutes from their miracle, right? They beg and plead, and family members run out and find them either paying pills or take a chance and really go buy some street heroin, right? Uh, That's a dangerous position to be in. Some symptoms of a codependent include low self-esteem, right? codependent person may feel unloved outside of the relationship role and depends on the opinions of other people to feel personal positive self-worth right if that's the case you really want your loved one to continue loving you and all they want is a drink all they want is a drink right and guess what You can't not because you care for them so much. Sorry to be laughing, but it's a serious thing and it happens. It happens that people feel like the only way they're going to continue to love me is if I help them in this moment right here, right now. And you run and buy the booze or the drugs. Again, very dangerous place to be in. You're a people pleaser. The opinions of other people have a great deal of weight for the codependent individual. This person will do anything to make sure others have a positive opinion of them. Let me repeat that. They will do anything to make sure that others have a positive opinion of them. The person may feel intense guilt or an inability to say no to others. Oh, if that's you... Please, please refrain from getting involved with someone who's an addict, right? Please do your best to not get involved with someone who's an addict or is struggling with untreated mental health issues. You will actually be more detrimental um, to the possible recovery efforts they may have at some point. Unhealthy or absence of boundaries that's another symptom the codependent person may not have a sense of boundaries either for 
oneself or others, right? If you can't create boundaries for yourself, you can't create boundaries for others, you create more of an unhealthy environment. These individuals may offer unwanted advice, feel responsible for other people's feelings, or want to manipulate or control others in order to feel secure, right? I've heard in some cases, I've not experienced this personally, but other counselors have shared with me that some of their patients have shared with them that their significant other codependent person has said, if you will not leave me, I'll go get whatever it was, the booze or the drugs. Not good. Not good. Which brings me to this other symptom. Obsession with relationships. Because the codependent person feels defined by relationships, mm, they may become an obsessive focus. Right? They may become an obsessive focus for the individual. On the other hand, actual relationships may lack emotional intimacy. Right? And that's a whole other thing, too. When you know someone really, really, really loves you, and you want to hold, withhold emotional input, um, emotional output, where you present yourself as vested in the relationship. Some people go as far as um, withholding sex in a relationship. That's a whole other topic, um, but I'm sure I will get into that at some point, right? Codependency does not necessarily occur with drug abuse, but it was first recognized in relation to family members of people struggling with alcoholism, as explained by Mental Health America. I guess it's a website. Uh, you can go look that up. Codependency is commonly found in those who have close relationships to people who struggle with addiction. It can manifest in multiple ways, right? Partners who are both Abusing drugs, it makes it even worse. Close adult family members are a significant or significant others of individuals using drugs. can also make things more difficult. Children of people who are, are abusing or addicted to drugs. Another bad scenario, right? The codependent partner in the relationship is not necessarily... A spouse. In fact, in psychological in psychology psychology today explains how to recognize codependent behavior in children. It can start early. And usually with the baby I described, they cried and cried and cried to get its needs met and no one ever showed up. Right? Often children of people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol become codependent. Mm. So you're setting the kids up, right, to be in a bad place. Setting the kids up to be in a bad place because they thrive and thirst and thrive and thirst for your companionship, your, your love, right? And they realize that if they act out, they tend to get it. Right? So if they create some chaos, 
they tend to get that attention that they were yearning for to begin with. And if that continues to pay off, that continues to go on into adulthood, right? That's typically how people um, record things. We're talking more brain stuff now. If something works, there's a payoff. Brain records it. We do it again, right? That's how addiction starts, too. You do something, there's a payoff. Brain records it. We'll do it again. That's sort of why we eat. An instinct, too. The body tells you when it's hungry, right? It's instinctual because it's a need being met. And there's a brain chemistry reward for food, for eating. Brain records it. We do it again, right? And that's how that continually goes. So often children of people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol become codependent, especially when... And addiction has gone so far that the child feels they need to take on, mm, they feel they need to take on a caretaker role with the parent. That's a bad position to put your child in. Bad position, right? So here's some negative effects and risks for codependent partners. When a person is in a codependent relationship with someone who is abusing drugs, both individuals may experience multiple negative effects and often risk based on this situation, right? There's a lot of negative effects. It says that many experience multiple negative effects, right? And even risk having a bad situation. <clears throat> now, for example, let's just say there's a study from a journal science and collective health it indicated that there can be a serious impl serious implications not only to the family's dynamics surrounding codependent relationships but also to the health of the codependent individual some of these risks include increased risk <clears throat> of also developing addictions oh that's not good such as to substances right alcohol drugs food or gambling i always try to tell people that the payoff reward receptors and the brain chemistry that happens right that fires when something exciting happens right which is blown way out of proportion when using drugs like cocaine heroin alcohol right those feel-good receptors in the brain chemistry that's created doesn't have a file for things, right? The brain just realizes this is a reward. And so those brain chemistry things are set off, right? I won't get too deep in it because not everyone understands what those brain chemicals are. But you got this firing off of brain chemistry of brain chemicals when something happens it feels good but it doesn't have a heroin file a cocaine file a pizza file right a sex file it doesn't have those individual fire files for those things when something happens is perceived as feeling good it's the same brain chemicals 
right? So I try to tell people before you go choose your drug of choice, go choose for a little while. You don't want to do it for too long, but go choose. Ooh, my favorite thing is a triple chocolate dip ice cream banana split. Mmm. And you got those three scoops of ice cream, make them all chocolate, cover it in chocolate ice cream or chocolate syrup, right? With uh, chocolate sprinkles of some kind. Mmm. The brain will record that as a reward and set off the same brain chemicals. It doesn't have to be heroin, right? It doesn't have to be cocaine, alcohol, or whatever, gambling, right? The brain just needs to feel this reward because you've just created this monster in your head, right? So anyway, off topic, Change, chasing, chasing rabbits here. Um, but here's another bulleted point that this um, particular journal made. Inability to keep up with other responsibilities outside of the codependent relationship. Some people will go to work. If they think their significant other person is going to be out drinking or drugging, they won't call in, they won't go to work, they won't show up, they'll be stalking you. They'll follow you around to see what bars you go to, to see what dealer's house you go to, right? It makes an overall complete dysfunctional mess when either party or both partners are codependent. Codependency generally results in the individual working so hard to care for the addicted loved one that the codependent individual's needs are neglected. They're so worried about what you're doing, they stop taking care of themselves, which can also result in poor health, also result in low self-esteem of their own, also result in depression of their own and other mental and physical consequences, right? So then you got two people deteriorating. One because of drugs and alcohol, and one because they can't fix it. What kind of mess is that, right? It's a big one. It really, really, and truly does make for a dangerous scenario. You've got someone whose life is falling apart because of said addiction, right? Drugs, alcohol, food, gambling, right? Or maybe even some untreated mental health disorder. you got this person who is spiraling out of control. And then you have this codependent person who, based on those results, feels like they're not doing good, right? I must be worthless because I can't fix this. I must not be the person for this person because I can't seem to get it right and get us right. Oh, my gosh, that's sick, right? But it happens. It happens, and it's a very dangerous place to be in, even for the codependent partner, right? Of course, you know, the guy with the addiction issue or the untreated mental health disorder, they're spiraling out of control. It's dangerous for them, too. But when the codependent person is spiraling out of control because they can't fix you and they can't keep the house clean, can't keep the dishes done, can't manage to get the kids to school, can't manage to get to work on time. It's just a big mess, right? So some negative effects and risk for the addicted partner. As for the person struggling with substance abuse, the codependent relationship can also have severe consequences on 
the addiction itself as well as on potential treatment outcomes. First, <clears throat> the codependent relationship serves as an enabling influence in the person's life. The codependent person may want to help their loved one, but at the same time, they may subconsciously feel that the other person won't need the codependent person anymore if the addiction is resolved. Right, so now here we are, the codependent's caught on this whirlwind of stuff. I must not be worthy of you if I can't fix you. But if I fix you, you may not need me anymore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm, I hope y'all are hearing that. It's a whirlwind of mess, right? This tends to thwart off any true effect, effective attempts to get help, leaving the loved one continuing to struggle with addiction and with the physical and mental health risks it creates, right? I've seen that happening. They're not too sure they want their significant other to get treatment for their depression. Because if they're up and happy and boisterous and outgoing, they may not need their codependent partner anymore. If I get them clean and sober and cleaned up and living a healthier life, they may see that I'm not worthy of being around. I mean, I don't know how dark that place has to be <clears throat> for someone to not want someone to truly get the help. Because if they do, they may find they don't need that codependent person anymore. But it just sounds like a very dark place for someone to be in, right? A study from the International Journal of Culture and Mental Health states that this factor can also be a risk if treatment is undertaken. Because the codependent partner feels dependent on the addiction <clears throat> to maintain the relationship. Mm. Let me say that again. It's an issue for some codependents because, this says, the codependent partner feels dependent on the addiction to maintain that relationship. Mm. Returning to the relationship as usual after treatment can actually increase the risk of relapse for the addicted partner. For this reason, codependents should be considered as part of the individual's treatment plan when the person enters a rehab program. That's how much of an effect it has. Right? If you got somebody coming out of treatment, whether it's 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, one year, and they're going back into a toxic codependent relationship, right? Oh my gosh. That is not good. I mean, you can hear. I can almost hear the codependent person going, you know, that recovery stuff, maybe it doesn't work for you. You don't have to go to a meeting tonight. You know, if you don't feel like calling your sponsor, don't worry about it. You and I can hang out. 
that's not safe. That is not safe. And if you're listening and you feel like that's you, oh my gosh, please get yourself some help too. Please get yourself some help too. Because you are not healthy. You are more detrimental to that person's recovery attempt. And all it's going to do is bring you both down. Right? Some of the information I shared also came from um, AmericanAddictionCenters.org. Codependency treatment for drug abuse. Mm, Because of the issues described above, when a person who is struggling with addiction is also in a codependent relationship, this should be taken into account for treatment. It has to be on the treatment plan. If you get a sense as a counselor, a therapist type, that the person is in a codependent relationship, you've got to add that to the treatment plan. And you've got to find a way to help that person either create some boundaries or maybe include that family member and try to help create some healthier ways to communicate, right? Or encourage that, at least at the very least, encourage that other person to find some help of their own so that maybe you can bring that codependent tendency uh, to at least a healthier level where it's not so severe, right? Because you can't just go willy-nilly and send this addicted person new out of recovery right back into this untreated situation. It's not healthy. There are elements of research-based treatment programs that can help both partners in the codependent relationship. Please find a way to do that. For example, a study from Substance Abuse and Misuse demonstrates that having addiction treatment professionals work with the addicted person's family, right? This is why I do this podcast, because sometimes family either won't or can't be available for some treatment pieces. And it's, my gosh, I have to say that it's probably one of the most pitiful, pitiful, not pitiful, but pivotal points in getting treatment is making sure the family is on board. But you got to help make sure that the family is healthy. Right? So again, it helps finding treatment professionals to work with the addict's person, with addict, addicted person's family members to modify codependent behaviors, right? Because this can have lasting effects after addiction treatment is completed. In more severe cases of codependency, it can be helpful for the codependent partner to seek their own treatment program. There are psychiatric professionals that can help provide behavioral and personal therapy to improve the codependent person's individual self-image and ability to set goals, define needs, and draw boundaries that make it possible to have a stronger sense of self-worth, deeper emotional intimacy, and healthier relationships. Right? (coughs) Addiction and Mental health disorders just can create a whole whirlwind of dysfunction, right? Everybody in the home can become sick. And there can be five or six people in the home and only one addict or one person dealing with untreated mental health disorder. But the whole house can be sick. Ten signs of codependent relationship. You have trouble articulating your emotions and feelings. 
You want to please everyone. You feel a need to fix others. You struggle to set clear boundaries in your life. You sacrifice your own wants and needs to appease others. You are loyal to a fault. Mm. Codependency and relationships can be extremely toxic, especially to the individual who is struggling with a codependent issue. A codependent person needs to make their relationship more important than anything else. It's not healthy, right? Including their own well-being. Mm. These are those on whom the individual is codependent often give very little of themselves, continuing the cycle of codependent behavior, right? Sometimes you give and give and give, only getting just little bitty pieces of the person you're giving to, you know, you get something back. Well, that slight, very slight, however slight payoff is will sort of continual this perpetual codependent behavior, right? Maybe next time they'll love me a little more. Hey, they gave me 10 bucks. Maybe next time they'll give me 50. I don't know, right? That's a little, you know, that's a weird example, but you get what I'm saying. This type of codependency can be extremely harmful to both parties, often more dangerous for the individual struggling with the codependency issues. You will not believe. I wish I would have looked that up. I wish I, maybe you can give you some homework in this podcast. The statistics on those of severe codependency, what is the suicidal rate? Mm, Good golly. I wish I would have looked that up before today. Oh, man. Because, again, even though they're trying to help take care of sick people, they become very sick on their own, right? Some other traits. Fear of true expression. A codependent individual is less likely to voice his or own, right? His or her own true feelings for fear of upsetting and or scaring away his or her significant other. I'm not going to tell you what I'm really thinking because I need you to stay. At all costs, I need you to stay. Mm. This can cause individuals to bottle up their emotions to the point where they develop serious health problems such as their own anxiety and depression and more, right? So here we have the codependent person getting sicker, right? The whole situation is already sick and unhealthy. This person's in active addiction or currently having a mental health crisis The codependent can't fix it, right? In the process of trying to fix it, they still try to manage all their other household duties and children if you have kids, right? And all that's happening is they're building up their own anxiety, stressors, depression. It's an overall unhealthy, dangerous scenario, right? Neglecting personal needs. One of the most common traits of codependency is caring for others while neglecting your own personal needs. This can include going to extremes to ensure that a significant other is happy. 
oftentimes at the expense of the codependent individual's own well-being. Inability to be alone. Codependency causes people to be unable to be by themselves as they have a constant underlying need to care for other people. Right? That's dangerous. Listen to that again. Because they can have a consistent underlying need to care for the other person. Being in a relationship also helps individuals to obtain their self-esteem through others. This can lead individuals to develop an unhealthy relationship with the wrong kind of people, causing them to suffer from further emotional distress or harm. You know, if a codependent person is getting the attention, even in an abusive nature, it's still attention. Right? It's like, I know you put your hands on me and you rough me up, but you're home. You're home and able to do that. Right? I know it sounds crazy. But that's codependency at its worst. He or she may be verbally abusive or physically abusive, but at least they're home to do it. Mm. That's a dangerous place to be in. Being codependent and suffering from codependency or from a codependent relationships symptoms can cause an individual to experience numerous troubles in any, if at all, of their relationships. None of it can go well. Here's an example. If a codependent individual gives so much to another person and that person does not return the same sentiment, it can cause the codependent individual to grow extremely upset to the point where he or she becomes seriously depressed and or other mental health issues can, therefore, start. Right? You guys have heard of jealous rage, too. Oh, my gosh. There have been numerous, numerous, numerous situations where the codependent person killed their significant other. Somebody should have noticed well before then. Somebody should have noticed well before that point. Same on the flip side of that same coin. They can't get the same sentiment or feel as much love, which is a little crazy. Right, that they get so severely depressed that they commit suicide. Somebody should have saw that coming. Somebody should have saw that coming. This type of behavior can also cause an individual to enter into a relationship with someone who is likely to hurt them, as well as cause him or her to lose track of his or her own basic needs. The best way to prevent codependent behavior is to get the proper treatment, to develop coping skills, right? To develop those coping skills strong enough to negate codependency tendencies, all while promoting positive, healthy behaviors that encourage successful relationships, right? Man, 
another tough one. But if you're that codependent person and you're the caretaker for someone who's in active addiction or is dealing with untreated mental health disorder or is in early recovery, please, please, please get some help too. Be very, very careful as to not set them up to fail again. Not that we want to place blame. But if someone is toying with the idea of just one little slip, I can use one more time. My anxiety is so bad. Just a little heroin. Right? Just a couple of beers. And you're the codependent person that's going to say yes. Maybe that's what you need. Before you, oh my gosh, before you make that decision to aid them in their relapse, right, get some help. If someone's decided that they feel better and my bipolar disorder doesn't seem to be as bad, but my medication always brings me down, I got to stop. If you're that codependent person that's going to agree with that, and say we can just make it through on our love. Oh my gosh. Please. Get away from that person. And go find yourself some help. Most people I think in an early adulthood. Maybe later adulthood. If, they're, if they tend to have codependent traits. Right? I think they know. My wife can tell you that as she got older. And managed to her first marriage and managed through our first year, two years of marriage, she recognized that she was a codependent person. So I would say that happens for most. And if that's you, mm, please go get some help before the next relationship or before this one that you're in implodes. Mm. Thanks for listening. I hope you got something out of this. Uh, If you know a family member like that, Please encourage them to get some help, too. Okay? Maybe share this podcast with them um, and and leave a message. Let me know how it goes. If you got any questions or something I may not have mentioned and you want to share a thought, sure, please do. Thank you for your time. And until next time, be blessed.